morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 26th of June, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Lucia Chachulovic, and then I'll be speaking to Menzel Pochinci, our head of technical analysis, to get his latest thoughts on the markets from a technical perspective. But first up is Lucia. Good morning, Lucia. Hi, Helen. So let's start with geopolitics today. In a confusing 24 hours, a stunned international audience has been watching troops that are loyal to the Russian mercenary Yevgeny Prigozhin advance hundreds of kilometers at breakneck speed towards Moscow, only for him to suddenly call off the attack and agree to go into exile with all charges dropped in a late night deal. What are financial markets making of this latest news? Well, actually, there is an eerie calm following the dramatic end to an armed uprising. While events in Russia had the potential to bring risk aversion to the forefront of investors' minds and spur investors to sell riskier assets, initial moves have been modest. Gas traders in particular were bracing for further market turbulence given the risks to Russian supplies, with European gas already experiencing its highest volatility since the invasion of Ukraine. Okay, let's see then if there are any developments in the coming days. Turning to stock markets now, this week is the last week of trading for the first half of the year. Can we make any conclusions yet? So um, still last week, US stocks reported their worst week since March, as they finally saw some profit taking after the significant rally over the past couple of months. But segments of the market are still on track for a stellar first half of the year. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite is up nearly 29% year-to-date, and it is on course for its best opening six months on record. The S&P 500 is up more than 13% year-to-date. The Dow, however, is the outlier, up less than 2%. As for stock markets in Asia, overnight stocks traded higher in South Korea while those in Japan and Hong Kong fluctuated, and benchmarks in mainland China, Australia and New Zealand fell. And as for the half-year review, Japan is the clear winner there, with the Nikkei up 25% year-to-date. What about yields? Can you give us a quick update there and also perhaps a few words on commodities? Sure. So US Treasury yields are little changed this morning. In Australia and New Zealand, bonds rallied, echoing the moves in treasuries on Friday, when US Purchasing Managers Index data showed a decline to the lowest level since December. And in commodities, oil was steady after last week's slide of almost 4%, and gold rose slightly with little sign of aggressive buying for its haven qualities. Now, turning to currencies, the Japanese yen depreciated last week to its weakest level since November. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yeah, so the yen's depreciation came on the back of weaker than expected PMI data in both Europe and the US, which fueled fears that the global economy could crumble under the pressure of high interest rates. But the yen strengthened this morning after Japan's top currency official said he wouldn't rule out any options to deal with currency issues appropriately. And as for other currencies, the offshore yuan fluctuated and the onshore yuan was down 0.6%, despite China setting its daily reference rate for the currency at a stronger than expected level to slow its slide. And finally, the ruble weakened at the open on Moscow exchange this morning. And speaking of China, there's more evidence that the economic recovery there is slowing, isn't there? I saw that domestic travel spending during the recent holiday for the Dragon Boat Festival was lower than pre-pandemic levels. 
Yes, you're right, Helen. Spending in China is slowing on everything from holiday travel to cars and homes. In fact, home sales figures are below the level in previous years, while estimates for June car sales showed a drop from a year ago. So there is mounting evidence that the economy may need more help from the government. Let's look ahead to this week then. I'm sure there's a lot on the agenda. Can you give us some of the details on what we can expect? Maybe just the main things to be looking out for. Sure. So in the macroeconomic space, perhaps the most important figure this week is the Fed's favorite inflation gauge, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Deflator, which will come in on Friday and it is expected to fall below plus 4% for the first time in two years. Yet the core indicator is still expected to remain sticky at 4.7%. Here in Europe, the ECB Bank Forum in Sintra, which is taking place from today to Wednesday, will be in focus. The meeting of the Swedish Riksbank the following day will be an interesting one too, as Sweden is seeing some of the biggest dislocations in its housing markets. While the central bank there is still perceived to be behind the curve, a 25 basis points rate hike is quite certain. Other than that, a few business surveys and leading indicators are due. The US Federal Reserve will also hand in its latest stress test results for banks. And given the crisis in regional banks earlier this year, this stress test will certainly be monitored closely to judge how the big banks are doing. Great. Thank you very much, Lucia, for the roundup this morning. Now, Menzo, thank you for joining us this morning as well. So precious metals have seen heavy selling in the past week. Gold fell, but only by 1.8%, but silver, platinum and palladium saw declines in excess of 5%. What does the technical pattern look like for these metals? Yes, good morning. So the technical pattern basically looks uh, quite weak. Uh, the strongest out of the week is uh, gold. Uh, so when we look at gold, we think that uh, all the gains since March are likely to be uh, retraced. So we think uh, at least uh, gold should trade uh, or could trade around 1870. So there is further downside potential. As mentioned, the other ones look uh, a lot weaker. So when we look at silver uh, here, basically we have a pattern of uh, failed breakout around 25 US dollar. Here as well, we think uh, the risks are that we are going to retest the lows around March, so slightly below $20. Then platinum uh, is already at the lows of March, so has given back all its gains uh, from March, uh, almost uh, 20% uh, from the peak. And the weakest in the pack is palladium. Uh, so palladium is trading already at four-year lows. And when we look at the chart, we can see major support at 1,250. If those supports were to fall, then there is not much holding back uh, these prices to fall further towards next support at 800 US dollars. So what does this mean? Basically, it means uh, there is a little demand for precious metals or these safe haven assets. And we think, especially in relation to equities, they will underperform further. So we recommend investors to stay clear of them. And in gold and silver, we recommend to have a short position. That's all from our side. Back to you. Great. Thanks very much, Menzo. So that is all for today. Now, earlier in the month, we launched our Market Outlook mid-year 2023. And this week, we're taking a deep dive into fixed income and what our research analyst expectations are for the second half of the year. So in addition to our other speakers, I'll be joined by one of our fixed income research analysts, Dario Messi, tomorrow. 
And then on Wednesday, Bernadette will be speaking to Roman Frey on how we implement our fixed income strategy. So do make sure you join us over the next few days. Thanks again to my guests on today's show and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.